Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. This is Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Blind School. Welcome into part two of four on the topic of self-defense and self-reliance. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that because it's going to be incredibly helpful to you. In part one, what we discussed was self-defense mindset. Today, we're going to talk about self-defense skills. And then in later podcasts, we're going to talk about self-defense tactics and self-defense gear. These topics are something that we could expand upon, and, and we've tried to have different instructors and different people on talking about self-defense as it relates to knife fighting and self-defense firearms manipulation and shooting. And we're going to continue to do that and grow that aspect of what it is that the podcast is uh, with interviews for sure. Survival, in my mind, must include some sort of self-defense training. It just absolutely must. Getting lost in a wilderness is something that could happen Getting assaulted inside of a community or a large city is something that could also happen. And so if we actually look at the statistics of it all, being assaulted or physically aggressed is more likely than being lost in a wilderness. So uh, we like to cover everything that we can to help people be more safe in the outdoors. Now, this one, self-defense skills, is going to be the one that once I get done, I'm probably going to upset a lot of people and and I mean, I have to be honest with you, I don't care anymore. There's a, a fair amount of martial artsy stuff that goes on in the world that that I was very big part of. Again, I talked about this in part one, so go back and listen to that. I, I basically taught martial arts for a living for a very, very long time, decades. Being involved in martial arts gave me a particular insight into the good things and the bad things of it, particularly now that I'm on the outside of it. So some of those things we need to discuss as it relates to skills. As it relates to my own training, again, for about for about 10 years, I was practicing probably a minimum of three days, I mean, three hours a day, six days a week. Think about that. I mean, I'm, I was in the physical practice of them. I'm not saying that I was doing cardio the whole time because I wasn't, but I was practicing martial arts techniques and tactics three hours a day, six days a week for about 10 years. The reason I was doing that is because some of the things that I was doing, I wanted to be self-defense oriented. I'll tell you how I came about to the martial arts that I trained in, because this might give you some insight. And that is, 
I was doing judo when I first started studying martial arts. Mainly I started martial arts because I was bored out of my mind. My wife was still in college and she was a bookworm and she was 4.0 kind of student. I had already graduated college and was working and at night she was in the library or studying or something and I was bored. So I started studying martial arts and I got into judo. What I was finding in judo is that Coming from a farm boy background, I had a lot of strength. A lot of people know what I mean when I say farm boy strength. Once I started developing technique to go along with that, I was a fairly good judoka. Not a tournament judoka, but man, I was really good at picking people up and hitting them with the earth. I enjoyed it. It was interesting because when I'm saying that, when you're in judo, if you're not familiar with it, you pick people up and you throw them and they know how to fall so that they don't get hurt. Okay. So, but what I started finding and this is when I was around that brown belt level, right? Where you're getting really good at technical expertise, but you're not great at it. And I noticed a lot of people getting hurt myself. I was getting hurt a lot. It bothered me that the things that I was doing was bringing physical harm to people that I really like training with. And so I saw this martial art of Aikido. One of the guys that got me interested in Aikido said, hey, you can, you can do the same thing. You can throw people, but you don't hurt them. And that was attractive to me. The thought being is that you didn't have to hurt them every time you threw somebody. You could bring them to control and control them when you needed to. And that's why Aikido in particular became attractive to me. I'll talk about Aikido a little bit later and why I think it sucks as a self-defense methodology. And I'll explain why in detail. But those things were attractive to me. And I liked it. But here's the thing. I studied a lot to be effective at being able to do some of those things. There's some techniques, particularly uh, a technique in Aikido, for example, that I don't feel, I truly don't feel like I got it until I was about 12 or 15 years into training. For those that are interested in self-defense, you just don't have the time to do that. And I'm not saying don't get engaged in Aikido or Judo or any other martial art. Even the ones that I'm going to mention here in a minute are, are terrible for self-defense. But what I am saying is that that you need to do some things right now to be ready for self-defense. And to be more direct, I think there's three things that you need to be able to do to be adequately, that's not well, adequately prepared for self-defense. The first is you, know, you need to know how to hit people. And probably just as important, you need, to, you need to know how to get hit, particularly in the face. And be not necessarily that it doesn't affect you, but that it doesn't stop you. Okay. Obviously, there's martial arts like boxing that are good for that. But boxing, I'm telling you, if you go study boxing, a whole lot of boxing, what we consider boxing. Boxing is is a fantastic martial art, and there's so much to it. Tech, there's so much technique to it. It's a lot of people have called it a sweet science, and I 100% agree with that. I've only studied boxing two or three times in a seminar format just to get hit a few times by some people that I knew that wouldn't kill me. And I got hit a lot doing some of the martial arts that I did early on. In judo, we used to do things behind the scenes when our teacher wasn't there that just were wrong. But anyway, it's one of the reasons I don't breathe real well now is because my face has been smashed a few times. But one of the things that I think is critical is learning how to hit people. And if you think just balling up your fist and hitting somebody in the head, which is what we see in the movies all the time, is the best way, it's not. There's a lot to it. And uh, I'll give you some recommendations for ways to study that in a minute. Number two, again, number one is you need to know how to hit people and you need to know what it feels like to get hit and how to respond to that. Number two, you need to know how to think clearly when in close contact with others. 
that's typically what you'll see as uh, labeled as a grappling art. So judo is one of those things. Aikido is one of those things. Uh, two really good ones are wrestling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, often, most often called BJJ. In our current society, we're taught not to be in close contact with each other. And I seriously wonder, as time goes on with COVID and we've taught this six feet of distance and all the stuff that goes along with that, I'm not saying I'm for it or against it. What I'm saying is that we're teaching people to be away from one another and not to be in close contact. And so when we get in close contact, we feel uncomfortable. What I'm saying is you need to know how to think. I'm not saying you need to necessarily feel comfortable, but you at least need to know how to think clearly. Wrestling, BJJ are going to be fantastic for that. The groundwork side of judo is going to be fantastic for that. And so get into something where you need to be close body contact with somebody. And for you people, particularly you ladies out there that are thinking, man, I don't want to do that with a bunch of dudes, then you you just have to pick your battles very clearly, meaning you need to know that you're going into a facility that's professional. And I would I would literally bring that up if you have questions about it. And whoever runs the facility where you might train is going to have an answer for that. I will say this, in most BJJ dojos, uh, not well, typically they're not called dojos, but in BJJ Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gyms, they are more than professional, and everybody, it's it just it, male, female, doesn't matter. Everybody's going to grapple. It's just part of it. Big fan of that. So check those out. Number three, you need to know that utilizing tools, whether it be pepper spray or knives or guns, is going to be a fantastic way to equalize a lot of situations. So if you want a fast track to be able to self-defend yourself, then those tools are going to be fast tracks to doing that. But I've got to caution that with this. You're going to need to train with those, and we'll discuss that in detail when we get into part four, which is discussing gear. Now, let's get into some of these martial arts schools. Uh, I mentioned that the key to these martial arts is the teacher, and whoever's running the facility, whoever's the lead instructor or what have you, the chief instructor or whatever they might call themselves, it matters more who the teacher is than it does the martial art, in my opinion, because you can have a terrible teacher uh, unscrupulous teacher, and there's, they're all over the place that utilize their martial art as a way to do unscrupulous things, whether it's making money or meet chicks or whatever, you know, and I'm using that term loosely the way they would. Okay. So just keep that in mind. And if things don't seem right, then leave. That's just all there is to it. Get as much information as you can. If you know somebody that's in a particular facility, you can ask them and ask them about the, the instructors and the people in the facility that you're training with. Okay. Now, some of the best martial arts in the world, I think, for studying self-defense are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, judo, Krav Maga, and wrestling. Particularly judo and wrestling and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for that close body contact. Boxing because you get that hit in the face, you get to hit people kind of thing. And outside of boxing, Krav Maga, which is a martial art that has originated in Israel, is fantastic. And it's Pretty much, Krav Maga, the, some of the methodology in Krav Maga is pretty much the the central theme in how I teach self defense, which is using hands, elbows, knees, and feet in your head. How to use that to defend yourself? How to strike people with your hands, your knees, your elbows, and your feet? How to use your head properly? And I'm not just saying for headbutting, but there is a very proper and improper way to headbutt, and the way they do it in the movies is not the way to do it. 
but uh, those martial arts are really good martial arts to get into. Uh, if I were to pick one and only one of those, I would say Krav Maga. And the reason I say that is because in judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling, for example, you're going to get a whole lot of the wrestling component, but you're not going to get any of the striking component that is necessary for self-defense. And I think you need that for self-defense. Now, there's some other martial arts out there. Uh, Shaolin, for example, Shotokan, Aikido. I think these are all very, very poor choices for self-defense. Uh, and that doesn't mean, let me clarify for those that are going to get uh, upset with me for saying that, is that it really depends upon the teacher, number one. But the majority of the places that fall under those titles are not heavily focused on self-defense. They're just not, and that's a fact. And I don't think anybody would disagree with me that's outside of those things. Uh, people that are inside of them, people that study Aikido, and I was one, and I still am. Somebody that studies Aikido, I've been doing it for heck, close to 25 years now. I love Aikido. I absolutely love it. But I don't think it's a good choice for those that are just wanting something to give them some self-defense skill in a short amount of time, okay, as it relates to self-defense, uh, Shotokan, anything where you're going to do a tremendous amount of solo kata is, that's very valuable training, and it teaches a person a lot of things, but it's not the best for self-defense. You need to be learning how to deal with people that are up close to you, on you, hitting you, striking you. Uh, in awkward positions and all the things that go along with it. And those martial arts just simply don't do that in the way that I think that they should for self-defense. Um, you'll notice that, I'm, that I haven't even mentioned Taekwondo, one of the most popular martial arts, and that's because it's just, and this is where I'm really going to upset people, but you know, 98% of the Taekwondo studios out there are what we call McDojos. They're just quick and dirty McDojos that are there to take your money. Sometimes they have some great social interaction, uh, they're great character training for kids, but for self-defense, they suck. I mean, they're just terrible. Um, just, you know, that's these are pretty opinionated viewpoints here, okay? Take that for what it's worth. This is one person's viewpoint on it, but this is also somebody that's been doing martial arts for a long time, and there were many times that people from each one of these different organizations would come into my facility and want to fight, Fortunately for me, as I got older, I learned how to talk my way out of those things. But early on, I was really quick to, all right, let's do this. Bam, bam, boom, let's do this. I was pretty fortunate. I can just tell you, a lot of Taekwondo people came in and tried to fight, and it was so easy to be able to uh, defeat somebody in that type of training mindset. And so I would avoid it altogether. For those that are in Taekwondo for the social interaction and for the fitness of it, because nearly all people that are in Taekwondo are probably a whole lot more fit than I am. Uh, I'm not being critical of the fitness component, the social component of it, but I am being critical of the self-defense component of it. So I hope this helps. This has been some of the skills consideration. This is part two of four in the next three and four parts. We're going to be doing tactics and then we're going to be discussing gear. So thanks for joining us. I hope this helps. Always, we're interested in trying to help people be more self-reliant and self-defense is self-reliance. Come on, join in. Let's learn together. And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Reliance podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. 
Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Reliance School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.